to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 98 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. We've got a Don't really say it. <laughs> We've got a really sexy show ahead for you oh guys. Oh my. It's going to get it's going to get steamy. wet in here. <laughs> Gonna get moist, <laughs> moist, <laughs> moist. Um, ninety-eight guys. Yep, we are here. We have arrived. <laughs> this this was our big goal was ninety-eight. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, you know, hundred episodes. That just seemed. Uh, it's so arbitrary. It's our. <laughs> it's an arbitrary it's, number. It's so cliche. It's so grotesque. Everybody does a hundred episodes. Yeah, I mean. It's funny how our contemporaries are well past 100 episodes, but we've been around longer than most of them. I mean, we, we've we <laughs> put out like 120-something episodes. Yeah, we're, we're probably at we least... We don't have a conventional number scheme. Right. I don't know how that started. October, mostly. Was that it? Okay, because yeah. I, I know we did like our first... Uh, well, <laughs> of the two Thanksgiving episodes, episodes we've had, the first one was, let's see, we did episode four... It was then, four and a half. It was four and a half. Because yeah. it was just one movie review. And then uh, our first Halloween special was numbered. Yeah. And then, yeah, just October Rama. And then also Drunken Cinemas. I mean, not, I don't know if they count as episodes, but they're, eh. they're files. <laughs> they, they are. They're files on our account. That so. we pay for. Um, cool. So how's it going, Taylor? Oh, uh, you know, not bad. You know, one of the perks of recording today instead of last weekend is it's Krampus knocked. It is. We oh, be, we should be drinking. We should be drinking schnapps. Oh, I don't want to drink schnapps. <laughs> oh, Taylor's got himself a sweater. Did you get that from uh, Middle of Beyond? Yep. <laughs> For like $80,000. $80, Thanks, Mom, for the sweater. <laughs> Oh, mommy. <clears throat> Repping that Krampus. Nobody's watching this. They might watch it later. Maybe. It saves. It's fine. Nobody loves us. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. So Krampus Nacht, which is the day before Saint, the Feast of St. Nicholas, which is a, um, I mean, mostly Germanic, or not Germanic, um, Eastern European, mostly Austrian. Yeah, and uh, Croatia, I think. Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, I always just assumed it was um, like uh, Scandinavian, but it's it's really not. I wish it was, because then there would probably be stuff around here. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say because we're trying to infantize an idea for next Wheels year. Wheels are turning, but. I thought it would be a good idea to do it here. Because you thought it was Scandinavian. <laughs> because I thought it was Scandinavian. But I was wrong. I was so wrong. So very, very wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, Krampus, often described as the Anti-Claus. Santa's shadow. Yeah. Um, he is a demon. Long horns, long tongue, fangs, cloven hooves. One cloven hoof, as right. you so. Did you do more research pointed. on that? I don't. I did, but I don't. I still don't know why. 
but you you did find clarification on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, some things show them with two hooves, but like most things that I've seen, one f- foot with claws on it, and then one hoof. Mm-hmm. Weird. And then if you actually look at uh, Krampus from the movie, he's got uh, you can only see one hoof, right? At, like at any given time. So there's that. Um, but yeah, covered in fur. Um, he's you know basically a demon. Um, and he carries around a bundle of birch sticks and a wicker basket and a, a whip, no, a chain, chain. Um, and uh, whereas Saint Nicholas will to the good children on December sixth, Krampus uh, will take the naughty children away to hell or eat them, depending on what you believe, or throw them in a well or the river. Right. Um. Which I think is a much better bargaining tactic for small children than just, oh, you get coal. Ah, coal, whatever. Yeah. How about, okay, you get beat with a switch and thrown in the river. Right. Or just eaten. Now behave. Because <laughs> Krampus is coming to town. Yeah, tonight is Krampus Noct, uh, trans- loosely translated to Krampus Night. In many of these Eastern European countries, they no, have it. It's directly, that means Krampus Night. Okay. It's, it's a direct translation. There you go. <laughs> Uh, many of these Eastern European countries we talk about, they have it's a, a Krampuslauf, which means Krampus Run, which is like a, a giant parade of Krampi. Krampi. <laughs> and they just like run up and down the streets and drinking schnapps and uh, just swinging chains at people and freaking everybody out. And it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, a lot of these masks, like they put a lot of fucking effort into it and they're just like. A lot of them are creepy as hell. Yeah, and like some of them have like pyrotechnics and just all kinds of crazy shit. They go all out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, Taylor and I have been f- big fans of the Krampus lore for several years now. Yep. Pre Michael Doherty. This is the first time we've actually managed to either record or release an episode on Krampus Knocked. Um. So it's a uh, it's an event, and we're not celebrating. So. <laughs> Um, neat. Yeah. Fun. Um, so you just got back from the East Coast again. I did. Making a lot of trips out there. Congratulations, Melissa. Graduating chiropractic school. Hey, Mazel Tov. Hey, she's a doctor. She is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, Yeah. So how's your uh, how's your Christmas season going so far? I still got a whole shitload of shopping to do, but I have all of it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part about it is, I have no idea when we get anyone. That's always the best. Yeah, because then it's it's also a surprise for you. Yeah, because you know you can just feel that panic slowly setting in as you know you get closer and closer to Christmas, and it just sneaks up faster every year, and you break out into a sweat and worry about disappointing your loved ones. <laughs> That's what Christmas is for. I love Christmas. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to get you. And I know we usually do our gift exchange on our Christmas episode, which we are recording a week Less than Saturday. two weeks. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to get you. I don't know what I'm getting you either, so. Good. <laughs> We're a team. Hey. <laughs> oh, Christ. I mean, shit, we barely know each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what you like. 
I don't know your interests or your hobbies. Yeah. Do you like movies at all? Like, I mean, some. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess some you know, people like movies, but... <laughs> All right, this joke is worn thin. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so anything, uh, anything new? Anything you want to talk about? You want to rap? Not really. You want to rap about? (laughs) I don't. I don't really have anything. Do you? I mean, no. Okay then. Um, oh. I mean, we could, we could thank our Patreon patrons. Oh, we, that's a thing we could do. Right. Why do I, why does it feels like we haven't done this in a long time or is it just me? I mean, it is, it's been f- three days longer than normal. <sighs> I can't, can't bear to be apart from you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just, I guess probably cause so much has happened. Like things have been so busy. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yes, our Patreon patrons, these people give us money every month. Except for one. <laughs> I just kidding. <laughs> um, but they are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, and Max Health. Thank you very much, guys, for sending us all your beautiful money. Um, we love throwing it in the bathtub and swimming in it. Yep. That's what we do. We've cashed it all in for gold coins and we swim in it like Scrooge McDuck. It sucks. <laughs> it's nowhere near as fun as it looks on the cartoon. Yeah, that would that would be so painful in I real know. life. Especially if you die like Family Guy, when he dove into it and broke his <laughs> neck. It's like Well yeah. That's what would happen. Anyway, Taylor, if somebody else would like to join the party, <clears throat> get access to so much cool stuff. Where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Like Tony said, get exclusive content, uh, like monthly video reviews chosen by you. Plus, you also can get discounts at the Graveplot store. Get some some swag. Some swag. Do people still say swag? Swag. I think they say it that way now. Swag. <laughs> I don't think they do. Swag. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> You hear they uh, they push back the Halloween filming? Uh, I, I saw something about it. I didn't read into it. It's though. not going to start until January now. And they're going to get it done by Halloween. That's what uh, Tommy Blum says. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anything that man says. <laughs> like when he tells me a movie's going to be good, I don't believe him. <clears throat> and I don't I don't trust uh, Danny McBride anymore because everything he says it's like oh yeah we're retconning the last eight and it's like oh no we're retconning all of them except one. Oh yeah we're retconning part of part one it's like, yeah. just just retcon all of it at this point you remember that part just when, burn it down remember that part when, when michael myers breaks out of the metal facility we're retconning that yeah we're retconning michael myers just no more michael myers yeah laurie strode it's just not all, no it's, it's just all about laurie strode <laughs> just, <laughs> just her day-to-day life <laughs> yep and then it's called like um, the uh, I don't know Arbor Day. <laughs> Does it take place at all? <laughs> it's not Halloween anymore. To plant a tree. <laughs> yep. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We've talked about this a few times now, and just like every time something new comes out about it, I just lose more interest mm-hmm. 
I, I chagrin a little bit. I mean, I'm not the biggest Halloween fan. I mean, that's, I think I've made that point clear over the years, but, um, like, like, like devout Halloween fans, I can't imagine they're pleased either. I just don't get it. I, I don't know. It doesn't don't, make any sense to me. I mean, the two, you know, making like an alternate universe where something else occurs, that's dumb. Like, that doesn't make any sense in this. I mean, like we talked about when we first announced that they were doing this, that you can't retcon part of a movie. No. It's silly. It's, it's a big, silly, dumb. Big, silly, dumb, dumb. Big, big silly goose. <laughs> okay. Should yeah. we do some horror business? Yeah, let's do that. All right. All right, starting off in some real-world horror, we're going to take a trip to Japan. You ever been to Japan? I have not. Yeah? Have you? No. You want to go to Japan? Sure. I don't want to go. I'll tell you why. Because... Don't be racist, don't be racist, don't be racist. (laughs) (laughs) Because boats are washing up on the shore. Oh, no, not boats. Hold on. These boats, they have a crew on them most boats do but this but these boats are skeletons now the boats aren't skeletons the boats are skeletons the crews are skeletons that sounds badass <laughs> skeleton boat no the crews a boat of bones the crews are just a bunch of skeletons so so would you say it's a skeleton crew ah uh, i see what you did i got it um but, uh, yeah, so a sh- actually, has it been several ships or just just one? There's, no. just, there's just the one ship, maybe. Um, but, yeah, a wooden ship was, uh, it washed up on shore on uh, the, let's see, in the northwest of Japan. Um, and when the authorities went to go investigate it, they found eight skeletons inside. Pirate ghosts. (laughs) I mean, you have to think so, right? What else? You just. What else would you. (laughs) What else would you think, honestly? Other than pirate ghosts. There's nothing else to think. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess the shipwrecks are being considered um, to be a, uh, a result of fishing sanctions put in place by the UN. Um, and North Korea's fuel shortage. North Korea has uh, a f- ongoing fuel shortage. Fuel shortage. It's probably due to the fact that they are being assholes to the rest of the world. <laughs> Nobody wants to share with them, except maybe Russia. Russia. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not even them. Maybe not. Did you hear Russia got uh, kicked out of the 2018 Olympics? Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Dopers. Um. And not the good kind of dope. Like, yo, let's dope. Not that kind. Yo, let's dope? I said, yo, that's dope. Oh, they said, let's dope. And I was like, that's, I don't get how this is not the same thing. No, that that's dope, dog. Like, it's like smoking dope? No, that's, that's smoking the bad. Doobie, that's the bad doobie dope. joint heads? Live above the influence, Taylor. <laughs> um, 
anyway, yeah, fuel shortage along with sanctions have caused uh, North Korea to send out uh, under-equipped wooden boats um, in just really unpredictable and dangerous waters. And they just um, send them out filled with skeletons? Well, no, they send them out with people uh, who don't know how to be fishermen. Uh, usually, I, I believe there's some kind of like like military, um, uh, it's not staff, that's not the right word, people in the military <laughs> um, who don't know how to be fishermen, don't know handle, how to handle the, you know, the high seas. Um, and uh, so they just get swept away by the ocean. And then they die, and they turn into skeletons, and then they become g- 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 ghost pirates. <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> and then they wash up on the shores of Japan. Uh, so, what do you think of that, Taylor? Uh, it's no good. <laughs> it is no good. It's no good for anybody. No. What if they washed up here? What if? They well, could. I mean, I guess it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> They haven't been dangerous thus far. Yeah, if they if it does, then sh- shit, free boat. <laughs> Mine's now. <laughs> Who's going to stop me? The Skellingtons. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I believe that would fall under the Finders Keepers Law <laughs> of 1954. <laughs> um, Sotoro Miyamoto, um, a professor at Sig. Oh shit, Sig. Sigakun University. God damn. I sound like an asshole when I try to pronounce it. Like <laughs> he sounds so white. <laughs> um, he says, uh, it's after Kim Jong-un decided to expand the fisheries <laughs> industry as a way of increasing revenue for the military. They're using old boats manned by the military by people who have no knowledge about fishing. Um, so basically what I just said, um, he's, yeah, but he's a, he's a scientist, so it right. means more coming from him. I have science backing it up. <laughs> um, he says it will continue though, which shouldn't surprise anyone. Oh, good. More skeletons. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything is clear, it's the <laughs> more skeletons. <laughs> That's what we can look forward to folks. More skeletons. Um, but yeah, I think if anything's been shown, in the years we've been dealing with the Kim Jongs of the world is that they just don't give a shit about other people and just send them to their deaths. Fact. Um, but in the meantime, skeletons be washing up on shores and that's creepy. It's no good. That's fucked up guys. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about something else. All right, so we briefly talked about Tommy Blum earlier in the show. Tommy Blum? Who, who goes by the uh, the stage name Jason Blum. <laughs> Apparently his studio, Blumhouse uh, Studios? Productions? Pictures. The fuck is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> studios? Um. Well, this is Blumhouse Television we're going to be talking about here. Oh. Uh, they've partnered with Universal Television for a pilot for a supernatural thriller series called Run For Your Life. That's based on an original idea by Lee Metzger, who is best known as the executive producer of The Voice. Oh, well, then this was the natural <laughs> transition for him. 
I mean, we all thought Ryan Murphy was going to be crazy when he started American Horror Stories. We were like, we were like the Glee guy. <laughs> True. True. But I mean, that like Glee was at least like a a TV show. It was like an actual multi-camera show. Yeah. As opposed to The Voice, which is a singing competition. Right. Um, well, Run for Your Life is about um, the last night of Dia de los Muertos, otherwise known as Day of the Dead, and a grieving detective is brushed. Spanish. See, si. Mucho. <laughs> Mucho. <laughs> uh, Luchagor. They made a thing called uh, Dia de los Muertos. They did, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> we know them. <laughs> Oh. Uh, a grieving detective is thrust into a deadly game to bring someone back from the dead, which, you know, Dia de, on, it says on the last night of Dia de los Muertos, isn't Dia de los Muertos one night? Um, I would think so. I mean, it's day of the dead. Yeah. Not, not it's days. Not, it's not DS. <laughs> not week of the dead. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I mean, I think there's like a celebration leading up to the De Los Muertos, so maybe that's what they're referring to. Must be. I mean, because it's a it's a fucking party week, as far as I can tell. Probably. Yep. They just never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, a cast consisting of Josh Segarra from Arrow. Arrow Watcher, are you familiar with, with this gentleman? I mean, yeah, he's. He's whatever. Yeah, okay, it's a good start. He's a, he played the villain last uh, year. Also features Andrew Jacobs from Paranormal Activity, The Exorcist, <laughs> uh, and some other people: Carlos Leal, Danube Hermosillo, Angela Alvarado, Jennifer Landon, and Kadeem Hardison from A Different World. Was it Dwayne Wayne? Dwayne Wayne. That was his name on A Different World. Oh, I never watched it. I know flip up sunglasses. Oh, I mean, I I know the character. I just I couldn't tell you what his name was, but I I know him from uh, uh, I'm gonna get you, Sucka, (laughs) and uh, the Sixth Man. (laughs) The Sixth Man. All about UW basketball. Oh yeah, (laughs) Marlon Wayne's leading the pack. (laughs) Uh, Also features Fernanda Andrade from The Devil Inside. Uh, The pilot is going to be directed by Patricia Riggin. From a script by Chris Colari and Jennifer Raitt, who previously created, directed, and produced a YouTube Red miniseries called 12 Deadly Days. Oh, and then they're definitely qualified. Oh, YouTube Red's getting some getting some stuff. Really? People are paying for YouTube? I, I, I pay for it, but only because it's part of my Google Music. Mm. I do want to watch Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on television, though. Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on television. What? <laughs> It's it's a YouTube Red show about Ryan Hansen playing a detective, like from To Catch a Predator. That's Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Ryan Hansen. Oh, technology. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love that guy. I know he's hilarious. <laughs> he's a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's got jokes. Uh, the pilot order was made by Entertainment Networks Group of NBC Universal Cable Entertainment. So, I guess it's going to be. Oh, well, if Run for Your Life has ordered a series, it's likely to air on either Sci-Fi or USA or both. Good. <laughs> Can't wait. Also, I mean, 
if Blumhouse is involved, <clears throat> then Universal probably is too. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they're also doing the Purge TV show, which is going to be on both of those networks. Yeah. And I don't know. I think Universal just kind of sucks Tommy Blum's knob. I mean, I'm sure he makes them a shit ton of money. So Yeah, the shitty movies. <laughs> and Get Out. And Get, and get Out. Yeah. <laughs> shitty movies and Get Out. <laughs> so look for that coming to Sci-Fi and or USA. Or, or not. don't. Whatever. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Fuck it. <laughs> So everybody's favorite Friday the 13th movie. Uh, Jason X. Jason. <laughs> Close. That's their second favorite. Jason Goes to Hell. Um, oh, the one about the possessed slug? Yeah. The one that looked like Bad Milo. <laughs> um, or vice versa. Um, yeah. So honestly, that movie is so bad that not even I can watch it. Um I mean, I, I, I love the Friday the 13th series, um, and I will watch any of them except for that one. <laughs> I just can't make it through it. It's really bad. <laughs> you know, I was reading today that Jason X actually was the worst uh, returns, or like, like got the worst returns than the, of the entire series. I don't know how it beat this. Probably because it had to follow this. Fair enough. Um, but uh, so, yeah. Jason Goes to Hell is getting a documentary about the making of Jason Goes to Hell. Or, uh, let's see. So, it's going to be called... Uh, I'm just really in the, all my game today. <laughs> this is what happens when we record on a weekday after I worked. <laughs> um, this documentary is going to be called The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees, colon, The Making of, final, of the Final Friday. Uh, it's going to be directed by Nick Hunt. Uh, from Safe Place. Oh, why do I know that? It's got uh, Ashley Marie Nunez in it. Okay. Never seen it. <laughs> Me neither, but I know she's in it. Um, but, uh, okay, so it's going to be produced by indie horror producer John Macabre. Is it Macabre or Macabre? It's Johnny, first of all. What did I say? John. <laughs> John. <laughs> Listen to the woman, John. Okay, it's probably Macabre. It's probably a nickname. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not his real name. <laughs> Johnny Macabre. Otherwise, what other industry could he possibly get in? Hi, I'm Dr. Macabre. I'll be your dentist. <laughs> no. <laughs> the fuck you will. <laughs> um, Johnny Macabre, known for Don't Fuck in the Woods. Best title ever. <laughs> it is so good. I know that title. They're making a two. They're making a part two. Awesome. I know that name. I, I don't remember why or where I heard it, but dear Patreon, someone please suggest "Don't Fuck in the Woods." <laughs> uh, don't fuck in the woods and Crepitus? Creep, I, I don't know what that is. Okay, and uh, Joe Quintanilla, who is the pr- producer of Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, the Memoriam documentary. Oh, so not, not the actual, not, movie. not the movie. <laughs> Say, a, he's another not Friday the Thirteenth documentary, um, as well as the original <laughs> director Adam Marcus. Uh, Marcus told Dread Central, uh, "I'm looking forward to getting the chance to illustrate the journey of my first film, and hopefully set the record straight on all the controversies surrounding the movie." 
The controversy is just simply that the that movie it sucks. sucks. <laughs> and that Jason is in the movie for about five minutes. Right. Um, I can say for myself and my skeleton crew partners. Oh, like from the boat. They're, they, they're on the boat. <laughs> these, are, these are the guys on the boat. Uh, skeleton crew partners, Deborah Sullivan and Brian Sexton, that we are happier than a little girl in a pink dress pushing a hot dog through a donut. What? What? <laughs> Is that a saying? That's not something people say. <laughs> um, also, a little girl should not be happy about doing that because she shouldn't know what that means. No. Um, but. What an odd turn of phrase. He's, <laughs> he's happier than that <laughs> to be collaborating with Nick and Blackheart to bring. What's Blackheart? I think it's a production company or something. Okay. Um, to bring this documentary to life. Uh, Nick Hunt also said to Dread Central, Jason Goes to Hell, to me, has always been the most highly debated upon. What's their de- debate? I think most most people think that it sucks. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Few and far between are like, no, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best one. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Um, where did I leave off? Uh, highly debated upon. Highly debated upon the most unique and the most ballsy of any of the other Friday the 13th films to come to fruition. What if we made a Friday the 13th movie with no Jason? <laughs> That's pretty ballsy, this, man. It is pretty ballsy. I guess I can't <laughs> deny that. Um, let's see. Keep losing my place. I always uh, felt it was misunderstood and that the people didn't know the entire story behind it. What is he talking about? That's uh, always the excuse, isn't it? No, yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's like you just, just don't it's get just it. Misunderstood. <laughs> you, you just don't get it. Um, I always felt it was always I agree with that. Um, the people that put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. And now it's coming. Yeah, those are the fans. Uh, and now it's coming up on its 25th anniversary and I want to show it to the Show it the love it love it deserves the fans the the appreciation they deserve and hopefully make a something unique. I can't read that far with my glasses on. (sighs) Old man Tony over here. (laughs) Have you seen my coupons? (laughs) I need my cheaters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, something um, unique and special for all the franchise fans. God damn you! I was getting, I was getting there. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have all night. <laughs> um, so through interviews and behind the scenes details, you will understand the unique landscape the series. What? That's one way to put it. <laughs> yes. Uh, the unique landscape the series was in at the time. Yeah, losing its fucking ass <laughs> because that was hot garbage. Yep. Um. Let's see. You will understand the unique landscape the series was in at the time, having just changed studios and already being on the road to the eventual Freddy vs. Jason film. And the story behind that, which I'll kind of get into later, is that Sean Cunningham basically made Jason Goes to Hell as kind of a stopgap while they were trying to get Freddy vs. Jason made. And that's why they have the glove. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it more later. Remind me to talk about it more later. I'll forget. But this one also uh, made the canon that Jason is a deadite. 
Yeah, which is interesting. Um, which seems like they were trying to set up Ash versus Freddy versus Jason, but just never happened. Yeah. I other mean, than in the comics. The Necronomicon and the um, um, <clears throat> the, the, the dagger. Um, yeah, the you dagger. Know, you know, the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the international hand sign for dagger? Because <laughs> where I come from, that's pounding off. Um, yeah. So you psyched? No, fuck no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious to see how they can, you know, polish this turd. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm almost convinced it's going to be an hour and a half of people saying, "Well, you just don't get it. You don't understand the oeuvre of this movie." It's probably going to be more than that. It's probably going to be like four and a half hours. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, that's enough. So they've talked forever about some kind of crossover between The Walking Dead and the prequel Fear the Walking Dead. Still don't care. And it's finally happening, and for some reason, it's Morgan. Sure. Why Morgan? It, I, I, no. This was their opportunity to bring back someone from the dead. Yeah. Considering Fear the Walking Dead is a prequel. And what do they do? They, they do Morgan. Yeah. Um, how did morgan get to the west coast he, i don't know i mean and back let's let's presume that he was already there maybe he was there at the beginning so this of the is outbreak. pre-atlanta yeah okay how long has it taken them to get from georgia to virginia eight years eight years <laughs> and he just Hop, skipped in and jumped across the country. Yeah, we got to remember, planes are not flying anymore. Planes are not flying. The entire fucking country is under martial law. And oh, by the way, the walking fucking dead are everywhere you go. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. No. It makes no sense. They um, should have never, ever considered crossing over. I mean, I, I understand crossing over. But like I said, this was your chance to bring back someone from the dead. Yeah. You know, give me more Dale. I fucking love Dale. Yeah. I saw people who were like, oh, bring back Shane. I don't know if you remember, but Shane was an asshole. <laughs> Shane you know, fucked his partner's wife and then lied about it. Well, Shane's also, he's Frank Castle now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little busy. Um, I think they got to be careful with who they bring back because, you know, with like Morgan, um, he was so uh, non-present for most of the series. Yeah. So you can take him... And make it look like eight years ago. And nobody would really know the difference. If you took the guy that played Dale, I can't remember his name. If you took him now and tried to pass him off for eight years ago, it's not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, dye his hair or something. But I don't know. Um, all, at least it's not Angela. We can all agree on that. Oh, yeah. Fuck Angela. So Did Scott- you ever feel bad for um, Laura, Lori Holden? Was that her name? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Do you ever feel bad for her? Apparently she got like death threats and stuff. That's come on, people. Just stop. Be a fucking human being. Yeah, that's extreme. But I mean, other than that, like the hatred. No. Yeah. I, but I mean, hate the character. Don't hate the actress. That's ridiculous. It's, it's hard to separate it sometimes. <laughs> like when people chased Eugene off Twitter because he joined Negan. It's like fictional characters. 
Yeah. Or like um like Barb. Who? Barb. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> um yeah, it started off with me just not liking the character. But because other people liked the character so much, it expanded in me just not liking the actress either. <laughs> I mean... I've misdirected hatred sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you do. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent about, about Barb here, but like I said before, it's like if someone was like... <laughs> but fuck Barb. <laughs> it's like if someone was like, you know what my favorite thing in the world to drink is? The most delicious thing? Fucking water. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, What? Water has no flavor at all. It's nothing. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> uh, Scott Gimple said on The Talking Dead that even though Morgan is going to be featured on Fear, he has a lot of story left on The Walking Dead. Morgan's arc on The Walking Dead Season 8 positioned him for the story on Fear. What? I don't know. How does the story arc on Season 8 set him up for a prequel show? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And honestly, <clears throat> fuck it. I don't care. I don't, I don't really like Morgan. <laughs> I think he's, I think because he's so like back and forth between being crazy and not being crazy, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it's like either be crazy or don't, but commit, guy. Okay, um, yeah, he says, uh, you know, he says he has a lot of story left in The Walking Dead, but then Lenny James, who plays the character, uh, basically told us that Morgan's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he said from the very first moment that the whole suggestion of Morgan, my character going over to fear the walking dead, the hardest oh, is, part is, of is his character. Yeah. I didn't know that. Now, well, now you know, I didn't know it was him playing. I didn't know he was playing him on the screen. Right. I just, I saw him and I was like, Oh, that guy looks like Morgan. <laughs> oh, that's why he's an actor. This makes so much more sense. Plays now. a character. Uh, he said the hardest part has been leaving the walking dead. Leaving that cast, leaving that crew. I've said my goodbyes to the cast and stuff, and I've said my goodbyes to the crew. They're an amazing bunch of people, and I'm going to miss them very, 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 very much. That's four varies. So many varies. So, yeah, he pretty much just told us that Morgan's dead. <laughs> or he's just going to disappear again. I mean, whatever. <laughs> you know, last episode he was in, he just kind of walked off into the woods. Fuck it. I'm done with him. <laughs> Goodbye. He's he said, I hope the fans uh, come with me over to Fear the Walking Dead because I'm really looking forward to exploring Morgan in a whole different world, in a different realm, with different characters and a different place. That's four difference. Different. Very different. So many different. <laughs> so, I don't know. I still can't get through season one. No. I haven't I've tried three times. I haven't tried in, in, in many a year. <laughs> I keep hearing it gets better in season two. And I'm like, I can't get through season one though. Yeah. You know, it's like we all struggled through season two of, of the walking dead, but we, we made it through and things were good. <laughs> um, but it's so bad. Like right from the get go. It's like, why would you continue to give it a chance? Yeah. Like I need something to make me feel that it's going to get better. Right. Like Walking Dead, you know, season one was so good. It was like, okay, I know what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. This started off bad. I'm like, okay, I don't, nothing tells me that this is going to change. Yeah. I mean, you start off with this, you know, cast characters or, you know, Rick. And, you know, in their defense, the original series had the benefit of having a cast of already known characters. True. Um, you know, Rick especially. But, you know, you had a group of people that were mostly likable. Um, whereas Fear the Walking Dead had nobody to like. Yeah, all the characters were just shitty. Yeah, they're all assholes. Yeah. 
And, you know, I don't know if that was a slam on people from L.A. or what, but... <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't want to root for him. Like, I know, like, okay, Entourage is all about a bunch of shitty people from L.A., but at least that show's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And, I mean, they're shitty people, but at the same time, you kind of want to be friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, they were supposed to be shitty. Right. Like, they were vapid, and they were, you know, fake, and it's, yeah, that's what actors in L.A. are like. Yeah. This one is just, they're just shitty people. They're just like junkies and they're assholes to each other. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch this. It's yeah. making me upset. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. If you're a big fan of Fear the Walking Dead, then What's get, wrong with you? get ready for Morgan, I guess. <laughs> Here he comes. So here's a novel idea. Yes. Go on. So you know Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah. You know, the guy created Aliens, and then James Cameron made it better. And then some guy after James Cameron made it really bad. And then some guy after that made it a little better. And, and then Ridley Scott came back, and then it got worse. And then Ridley Scott came back and remade Alien and called it Covenant. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, Prometheus and Alien Covenant... Were both very bad. Um, I wouldn't say Covenant was very bad, but it was it was pretty bad. It was mediocre at best. Uh, it was really boring and predictable because um, it was alien, mainly because it was alien. Um, yeah. So, and it had the most awkward, like homoerotic scene ever. <laughs> Where Fastbender banged Fastbender. Yeah, he's like, let or me I guess f- fingered him. Let me <laughs> finger your holes. <laughs> what anyway he's like here play the skin flute (laughs) (laughs) oh so you know ridley scott he's not going to give up you know neil blomkamp really wants to make alien five you know bring back ripley and and um and uh fuck paul reiser paul reiser (laughs) um and michael beans um but he won't really Scott won't let go. <laughs> no, cause he wants to make another trilogy. Yeah. And, um, after this trilogy, right. So his, uh, his big idea, the way he's really going to like bring alien into the next generation, <clears throat> um, is to move away from quote, the alien stuff. What? Yeah. Um, he was talking to entertainment weekly and he's thinking, he says, I think what we have to do is gradually drift away from the alien stuff. Um, m- Mr. Scott, <laughs> what's the name of the movie? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what the, that's what it's a- about. Like, I mean, uh, like the Saw movies killed Jigsaw and still had Jigsaw in them. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm missing something in his logic. Um, he says, uh, people, people say you need more alien. You need more face pulling, face pulling, need more chest bursting. So I put a lot of that, a lot of that in covenant and it fitted, (laughs) fitted yeah, like a sheet. Apparently, uh, he said it fitted nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Even in the heat of the moment, how could you think that was right? (laughs) Um, but I think if you go again, 
If you go again, you need to start finding another solution that's more interesting. Uh, let's let's take a step back there. Let's uh, let's make a new Jurassic Park, but let's not do all that dinosaur stuff. <laughs> he says, I think AI is becoming much more dangerous and therefore more interesting. So he wants to make 2001 Space Odyssey. So make a fucking movie about AI. Don't just don't call it Alien. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how he. That's what he did with Prometheus, and it sucked. Yeah, he he used he rode the back of the Alien franchise, not just his movie, but James Cameron's movie and um, Alien Three, Alien Resurrection. He rode the backs of all of those movies to make Prometheus, because Alien would not be Alien what it is today without the sequels, especially Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, but he 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 grabs onto it like <clears throat> it's his, like he owns that, and it's like, dude, your movie was not that good, and I know that's a hot take, but I'm sorry, but James Cameron movie was a th- uh, Aliens the sequel was a thousand times better because it took the the horror aspect and added an action aspect and made it entertaining rather than just a bunch of people floating around in a ship, and every once in a while, an alien popped up. <laughs> um, anyway. But, um, let's see. What else did he say? Uh, he brought up a Facebook experiment from last summer to prove his point. He said they put these two AIs together, and they were communing. Uh, it already invented a fucking language. And they couldn't decipher what the language was, so they had to switch them off. What was said, and where's where? What was said, and where's where's it? Where's it gone? It could have already implemented something we don't know. Well, I mean, I I I'll agree with him. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to make a movie about scary AI doing whatever the fuck AI wants to do, make that movie. But you know, it's like you've got a franchise already. You've got something magical in those aliens like you could make a million different movies and it's like okay covenant was alien basically um and you know the general story was 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 basically the same but but you added fastbender finger in a skin flute (laughs) the difference was was that covenant was not done well (laughs) it was just uh, a CGI fest. Yeah. Um, and the, the characters and the story itself weren't as interesting. Um, but like I said, you've got a franchise already. You've, you've got it built. You just use it. Like it's, it's like a little seed that you, you grow the oak from. You nurture it. <laughs> um, but no, he wants to instead take the name and make something else with it. And it's, that's fucking ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I feel like I have I want to have like more poignant thoughts about that, but they're just not coming. No, <laughs> you you had your tirade. It's fine. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I we're almost done with horror business. So let's we're, we're almost halfway there. All right, let's move. Over. Let's. Let's, let's, let's move along. Okay. <clears throat> so a couple episodes ago, we very briefly talked about how cool it might be to see a dark and gritty Scooby-Doo 
like set in the real world kind of movie. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be like legit. Like it doesn't have to be like actual Scooby-Doo movie, just something a fan film. Inspired maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're making a new live action Scooby-Doo movie. Mm. It's called Daphne and Velma. And it's a prequel to the Scooby-Doo universe as we know it. Mm. Uh, Sarah Jeffrey from Wayward Pines and Sarah Gilman from Last Man Standing, that stupid Tim Allen show that nobody cared about until it got canceled, uh, have been cast to play uh, Daphne and Velma, respectively. Uh, It's the story of Daphne Blake and Velma Dinkley before they team up with Scooby and the rest of the Mystery Inc. gang. The mystery-solving teens are best friends but have only met online. You remember all the online meetings that Daphne and Velma had back in the like 60s when yeah. Scooby-Doo started. Right. <laughs> and how they like really weren't friends at all because Daphne was a stuck-up. Yeah, and Velma was a nerd. And, and, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, until Daphne transfers to Velma's school, Ridge Valley High, stocked with high-tech gadgetry by the school's bet. This sounds so bad already. By the school's benefactor, tech billionaire Tobias Bloom. Tobias Funke. While their peers vie for a coveted, coveted internship at Bloom's company, Daphne and Velma try to uncover the reason why the school's brightest students are disappearing, only to emerge again in a zombified state. Spooky. Jinkies. <laughs> Um, so I mean, it's, it's Daphne and Velma versus zombies. <laughs> I, I have to assume this is going to be a, a movie for children because that sounds silly. Um, and these two are basically teenagers. It's also being produced by Ashley Tisdale. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so it's probably going to appear on the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. Yeah, probably. So this is currently shooting down in Atlanta. 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 Uh, said to be released by Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sometime next year. Mm. You know, interesting thing. Um, I mean, it, it's bound to come up. Uh, is that Sarah Jeffrey um, playing Daphne? She is uh, not white. Oh, really? I, I, she's she's either black or maybe some kind of Hispanic, um, or possibly both. I don't know. But um, yeah, <laughs> well, I started searching, and Sarah Jefferson Starship came up. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, pick the one with the boobies. There you go. <laughs> yeah, she looks like she's a, like a Hispanic or some kind of Latina. Well, it's like I was re- reading uh, like her. But um, she's Canadian. Yeah, I looked up because uh, I can't I can't tell what she is. She has played um, Je- uh, Jennifer Lopez's daughter and Fanny Newton's <laughs> daughter. Now, for those keeping track at home, Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican. And Thandie Newton is black. Um, so, yeah. She's also in the semi-professional dance crew called Body. Good. Good for her. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, she's a Disney Channel. Of course Wonderful. she is. Uh, but, I mean, that, like I said, that's bound to come up. I mean. Probably. I mean, I'm sure some racists will have a problem with it. <laughs> well, it's just like, not just. Make Daphne great again. All right there, Jethro. Calm down. (laughs) Jethro. (laughs) Well, hey there, Jethro. Um, I mean, they did the same thing with uh, Zendaya or Zendaya. 
in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Kevin Feige. Feige? I don't I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Um, Is he related to Paul Feig? No. No. Um, he insists that she wasn't actually Mary Jane, but she's, she's totally <laughs> Mary Jane. Like, don't shit a shitter. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's next? You have Michael B. Jordan play Freddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that a thing? No. It was just a- oh, wait. For, oh, sorry. I was thinking Freddy Krueger. <laughs> like, I don't, I've never heard that. <laughs> no, it's Scooby-Doo, the topic we're on. Try to keep up. Well, it's just Fred. It's Fred. They call him Freddy sometimes. We call him Freddy. That's it's not a thing Daphne that happens. Daphne calls him Freddy. You call him Freddy. <laughs> we're just going to make Spider-Man black now? That's what we're going to do? <laughs> Why don't we just have Michael Sarah play Shaft? <laughs> Speaking of which, they're making a new Shaft. What? Really? Yeah, it's called Son of Shaft. Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure Samuel L. Jackson is re- reprising his role as Shaft. <laughs> well, at least there's that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I had to say. Jump out of bed, throw up <laughs> downstairs, get a glass of Shaft juice. I just realized Shaft juice sounds like semen. Don't want to drink that. <laughs> Donald Glover. Don't sue me. <laughs> we are doing so well. Should we, should we just end it right there? Yeah, let's stop. Let's, let's end it on shaft juice. Okay. All right. So we're going to end this nightmare we've called <laughs> horror business. And we're going to move right along into some film reviews. All right, time for some film reviews, guys. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our Patreon Patreon patrons. You guys did the picking. Brought to you by the good folks over at patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Plug, yeah. plug, plug. <laughs> uh, so uh, you guys didn't totally fuck us this time. Yeah, th- this time was not that bad. Good on you. If you keep this up, maybe we'll trust you with more episodes. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I am a little curious on how we landed with the movies we did, as far as like which ones we're talking about. What do you mean? Well, you assigned Freddy vs. Jason to yourself and Phantasm to me. Oh, I didn't. I just put them on the sheet. I w- it wasn't really. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are the movies we reviewed. Um, or we're going to. We're going to review them. <laughs> we're going to review them. We haven't done it yet. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Not done. You didn't miss anything. Don't. Okay. Um, so, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with a selection from Lance Dale. Phantasm 3, colon, Lord of the Dead. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For most of his life, a young man has been pursued by a sinister force. Now he must learn the secret of the ultimate evil. Now it is time for you to come back to me. (laughs) 
remember, if this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Phantasm 3, coming soon. Okay, so um, you have to bear with me a little bit because this movie is a little convoluted. Also, the Phantasm series is not really one where you can just kind of pick a movie out of the middle and watch it. They're all pretty dependent on the ones before it. Yeah, well, I mean, at the beginning, yeah, I'd say. But once you get towards the middle, it's it, the, the the previous movie is kind of irrelevant, I think. Yeah. Um, so this one picks up uh, right at the end of Phantasm 2, where um, the team of Reggie and Mike and... Some girl, <laughs> some some bitch. Um, no, she was in Liz. Was, well, Liz, okay. Um, yeah, so they have just escaped the mortuary from the tall man, um, and they are escaping in a hearse, um, but they are being chased down by, I think, a tall man in another hearse. God, I don't remember. Yeah. Was that what it... Okay, I kind of spaced last... Or in the first, like, five to ten minutes. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, they... In trying to get away from the tall man, they crash the hearse, and um, Reggie's thrown clear, um, and he, he goes back to the wreckage and finds Liz dead, um, and she's being... Uh, ripped apart by one of the tall man's little midget demons midget that's probably not politically correct is it probably not they probably don't like it when you call them that midget is as bad as the n-word is it we're comparing the badness of two words and you won't say one of them that's the worst word (laughs) right (laughs) um anyway so yeah they um Kind of regroup. Yeah, I mean, Reggie escapes. Um, God damn. I can't believe I'm totally spacing on the beginning of this movie. <sighs> he takes the grenade and he like pulls the pin and he's like, I'm about to blow us all to kingdom come. And tall man's like, I don't want him in pieces. That's right. And um, then somehow the grenade never goes off. You never really see what happens with a grenade. You don't put those pins back in. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so that's that's right. Uh, Reggie threatens to kill them all with a grenade, and the tall man um, basically says that he'll take Mike um, and return him to Reggie once he's all better. <laughs> and then him and his little sand people walk off. And they're like... Spaceballs. I wonder if they're still making that sequel. Probably not. I mean, Mel Brooks is oftentimes full of shit. Mel Brooks is also a thousand years old. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, I like how they've made, what, fucking eight Star Wars movies, and they've made one Spaceballs. (laughs) One Spaceball. A Spaceball. (laughs) Um, Anyway, okay, so Reggie's... um, Mike's Mike's in a coma. How did I? It says 
two years in the... How was he in a coma for two years? Did I miss something? Apparently. Fuck. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Mike was in a coma, and in that time, um, the world's really gone to hell. The thing about the tall man, something you kind of see as the series goes on, is that he will cruise into town, he'll start digging up the dead, transforming them, um, and basically the, he'll he'll destroy towns like they, he just people either leave to try and find a place where the tall man isn't or he just uh saps the town dry until it's just a ghost town and he's been doing that across the countryside um and um it's just reunited yet um <clears throat> Mike doesn't fully understand how Reggie or how uh, Jody can be back. It's it's so they revealed that the silver balls that um, silver balls, yep, like the Christmas song. That's silver balls. Yep, there he's just gonna keep doing it. Soon oh. it will be we'll Phantasm wait. Four. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Jody's ball <laughs> goes and finds Reggie, and Reggie and, and leads him through an inter- these interdimensional forks, um, which are basically just these two chrome poles poles that will just appear in the middle of nowhere, like. Just out in the desert or in the woods or wherever. Um, and it exactly what the name sounds like. It'll transport somebody to another dimension or a different location. Um, and he, it gets really confusing because you think Mike is in a dream and you think Reggie's sleeping and then Jody wakes him up and Jody's like basically projecting himself as a, as a full corporeal body. Um, when in reality he's just the silver ball floating around. Um, but he sends Reggie to rescue Mike. Um, and so they're united and, oh wait, I'm jumping way ahead here. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So Reggie's been basically cruising the countryside by himself, just kind of trying to find you know, shelter and food. But like I said, the world is slowly crumbling because of the tall man's presence along the way. <clears throat> um, how did he meet up with those? The, the criminals. Yeah. The girl was fidgeting in the car and he was like, Hey, let me help you. That's right. And she yeah. was like, I got a gun. <laughs> Anybody who, um, Actually, maybe we didn't so much cover this in in our Ravager um, review, but Reggie is basically a walking hard-on, and he'll hit on anything with a vagina. I'll fuck this bitch. I'll fuck that bitch. (laughs) I'll fuck anything that moves. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he comes out and finds this woman. What appears She appears to be stealing or robbing Robbing a car. Yeah. Looting a car, whatever. Um, and they ask her what she's doing, and she points again at him. And that's when she, like, that's when um, her two partners, um, 
They like club him over the head. Over the head. Yeah, they, they kidnap him in their bubblegum pink hearse. <laughs> Barbie's dream hearse. I don't know how I follow like I felt like I followed this movie really well, and now I don't <laughs> remember any of it because it's a really confusing story. There's a lot of back and forth, like jumping between Reggie and Mike and the kid and just all this. All right, I'll take over here. Okay. Yeah, please do, because I'll do way better with the other one. <laughs> so these these uh, looters, whatever you want to call them. Wikipedia keeps calling them looters. I don't fully know why, but they kidnap him. Well, they they steal his car, and then they're they're driving along, they're driving Drown. along, and they see this big-ass house, and they're like, oh, that looks like a fucking score. Is that what it, Okay, because I couldn't remember how they got to the house. Yeah, they just like saw it, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to break Pit into stop. that house. And they break in, and there's like all these Home Alone traps <laughs> all over the fucking house. And you find out that it's inhabited by this kid named Tim, who just kills them all. Mm-hmm. He kills one guy with a fucking frisbee covered in razor blades. That was so awesome. It was so awesome. It's so unrealistic. Yeah, it was, he's, it was he's, so awesome because it was so dumb. <laughs> yeah, like he throws this frisbee like 75 feet in the air. And then it comes back and like just barely skims past the guy's throat <laughs> and slashes, slashes his throat open. Uh, so then they they bury the looters, and they <clears throat> they wake up in the morning and find out that all the graves have been ravaged. Uh, <laughs> ravager. That's later. That's when you find out that none of these things happened. <laughs> it's a show. <laughs> um. And and the the pink hearse is gone, right? But luckily the Cuda is still there. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, Reggie drives this badass fucking Barracuda. Um, I forget what year it is. Uh Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the Hemi. Yeah. They gotta have a Hemi. Um. So then they just take off, and uh, I don't remember where they were going. Oh, they <laughs> go to this old mausoleum. And uh, they're very good with nunchucks, apparently. <laughs> um, why she doesn't just kick the shit out of him? That's I what don't I kept know. thinking too. Fucking bald old guy with a ponytail, like a skullet. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, she's like, "Okay, but if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it my way," and pulls out these handcuffs. And he's like, "Oh yeah." Does he say "ravage me"? I don't know. I think he might say "ravage me." <laughs> Let's see. He says it. <laughs> And then she, of course, just handcuffs him to the bed and then leaves him there, which everyone saw coming. Right. But then uh, he ends up coming. having... Ah. Like, like coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up having a dream where uh, Rocky actually fucks him and Jody shows up in the corner and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but he's like sitting there trying to have a conversation with him while he's like doing her from behind and stuff. And he's just like, I'm kind of busy right now. It's like, can we do this another time, <laughs> Jody? <laughs> Um, He's like, no, Reg. Yeah, and then they end up, they leave, and the, the looters come back as zombies in their bright pink ca- uh, hearse. Right. Their pink Cadillac. And they, like, just, they they keep killing these people, and they keep coming back. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, zombies, like, le- legit zombies, Walking Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead, whatever, you just you 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 break them down enough and they don't come back anymore, <laughs> right? But these guys are just very resilient. Yeah. But so uh, Jody in in a dream tells Mike no tells Reggie 
where they can find Mike. And so they go there, um, which I don't remember where it is. It's a, a mortuary. It is. Okay. That's right. And they, <clears throat> while they're there, they find this cryogenics lab mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> Mike, they rescue Mike, by the way. It's a very anticlimactic scene. Yeah. It's just like, Mike, come on. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> uh, but they find this cryogenics lab and Mike is like, cold. He doesn't like cold. Yeah, he flashes back to the scene in the first movie, which I really doubt that like the way it was shot was intended to be that. <laughs> Like, I think he was supposed to be just sensing Mike's presence, but no, it made it look like he was responding to some kind of cold <laughs> from Reggie's ice cream truck. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, so yeah, they uh, <clears throat> they end up fighting off all these little sand people minions and the, uh, and the zombies over and over and over again. Right. They just kill them like six different times in different ways. And this is where you find out because Jody's telling Mike where the silver balls and where the little midgets come from. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just kind of... Go on. Okay. Well, basically, um, the tall man will dig up the dead. He'll shrink the bodies. That's never really explained, <laughs> how he just miniaturizes the bodies. Um, and then he harvests the... So they're basically like just brainless minions that just are reckless and crazy. Um, but because he harvests the brain and puts it inside one of the balls. And then they're just basically killing machines. Yes. And that's where babies come from. (laughs) Right. Or silver balls with blades in them. Yes. And drills. Yes. Can't forget the drills because that's what makes the blood shoot out of the hole in the back. Can you imagine somebody who's never seen a Phantasm movie be like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> None of this makes any sense. <laughs> There's a little ball with a hole in the back, and, you know, the blades and the whole thing. And then the blood goes, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it does do that. Um, then they end up, they take a, like a uh, harpoon or something. Um, wasn't it, it was like the, because they were um, heating up food in, in the, in the um, crematorium. And I th- they were using some kind of rod to like pull the bucket in and out. Yeah, but what was it? I think it was just like a stoke, like a fire stoker or something. Oh, okay. Well, they take that and they put it in the, the dip, the, dip. the, the cryogenic uh, liquid nitrogen. There we go. There you go. You got, <laughs> they, you got there. <laughs> Science. <laughs> and they, they run the, the tall man through. Shove him into a cooler, into a, a uh, freezer. Because he doesn't like Because he cold. doesn't like cold. And then they shut the door and they <laughs> got that done. High five, gang. <laughs> then they all do a jump. Let's all go get a soda. They do a jumping three-way high five. <laughs> and Who uh, wants McDonald's? I'm buying. <laughs> that whole thing happened. Yep. McFlurries for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but then a giant tulpa flies out of the tall man's face crashes through the window of the freezer starts hunting them down and uh in the stupidest scene of the whole movie reggie catches it with a plunger (laughs) 
This guy who who seemingly cannot be stopped, like he comes back every time they think they kill him. He's been uh, foiled by a plunger, <laughs> and like the best part is you you just see like the stick around a corner, and Reggie's like, "Yes," and he just like grabs it and slowly pulls it out, and it just reveals that it's a plunger, and he's like, "Oh, what did he think it was?" I don't know. Even if it's just a plunger handle, yeah. Like, even if it's just a wood stick, like, you really think that's going to stop him? I don't know. Maybe Reggie's really badass with a bow staff. I don't know. Maybe he's really good at stickball. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And Morgan. Morgan. (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, so they catch this tulpa uh, on... It's not actually a tulpa. But it looks exactly like a tulpa. Except it's about, like, 20 times its size. Right. I said giant tulpa. So he catches this on a plunger and they dump it into the uh, liquid nitrogen. And for some reason, they just hold it there instead of just pushing it in and closing the lid. <laughs> and uh, eventually it just kind of dies or freezes or something. Mm-hmm. It just stops doing whatever it's doing. This is Mike. Mike. I keep getting them mixed up. Yeah. So at some point, Mike gets separated from the group. He just... Because the... the the tall man was going like he had like this weird funky drill thing and he's like let me relieve you of this flesh or whatever something like that and then it jumps to the next scene so you really never really know what happens there until now yeah you you just see this big wound on his head and he starts picking at it and you see that he's got a big tulpa in his head too and then his eyes turn silver for some reason well when you find <clears throat> out that you have a ball in your head your eyes Turn into balls. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then he's like, Jody, let's leave. And Jody says, Okay. <laughs> then him and Jody leave. And then uh, Reggie's like, uh, Hey, Rocky, it's j- just me and you now. And she's like, Nope. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then <clears throat> you see. Some creatures pulled him through a window, and the tall man's back, and it's over. Yeah. The ending is very, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, where he just gets pulled through the window. Yeah, I mean, like, you like know, Friday too. Mike takes off because, um, you know, he needs to go find out, I guess, how to save himself. Um, and, you know, Jody is technically with him, so he kind of takes off to do his own thing and tells Reggie he can't go with him. Um. Reggie is just kind of, you know, disheartened, and he wanders back into the mortuary. I don't know. Do you clean up something? <laughs> Sweep up the mess? Um, and, yeah, he walks back in, and there are all of these balls on the ceiling, and they attack him, pin him up against the wall. And, yeah, like you said, like Tim comes back in, doesn't see him right away, and then gets pulled through the window by something. Yeah. It looks like somebody maybe wrapped in like a body bag or something like that. Something, yeah. Never really explained. But yeah, then there's another tall man. You did, you uh, at one point Mike does say there's thousands of them. Right. He's telling. I think he told Tim, right? I don't remember. And but Tim didn't know what it meant. So no harm, no foul. <laughs> anyway, because you do find out that you know in Ravager why the <clears throat> Tall man keeps coming back. Because none of this is real. <laughs> or that. 
was really hard watching this movie after seeing Ravager. I know. The last, like, coherent movie in the series, I think. <laughs> because if you watch Oblivion, it's just... Uh, it's just fucking out there, man. Like, you find out that the tall man is actually this old, um, like, Quaker, um, wow, was he, was he a doctor? So not actually a mortician at all? He may have been an undertaker. I'm not entirely sure. But, like, from, like, the mid-1800s, um, who becomes fascinated with, like, the idea of multiple dimensions. And so he actually develops the first, you know, interdimensional forks and travels into another dimension, but comes back as the tall man, like something changed him. Um, and, uh, yeah, the story, most of the story is like Mike out in the desert trying to find the tall man. And it's just, you know, when, when you put a movie in the desert, you know, it's not going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, think back to all the movies you've seen where most of it takes place in a desert. It just it doesn't track. It's true. <laughs> um, and, and then in Ravager, you find out that the whole thing was a crazy person's dream. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't. Or maybe it wasn't, but it probably was. But, I mean, in the end, who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So. What do you think? It's not great. <laughs> but it's, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's kind of right in the middle. <laughs> not quite, but it's close. <laughs> what would you put in the middle? Out of the five movies. Have you seen all five? No. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess you wouldn't know. <clears throat> I think you're going to be just fine without that. <laughs> yeah. Based on what you just told me, I think I, I can go on not watching it. Yeah. Um. It's not a, you know, you know, what's funny is I really liked it when I was a kid and the, like, I hadn't seen it in years. I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch Phantasm four cause that movie kicked ass. This was just like earlier this year and I hadn't seen it in years. Um, and I'm like, why the fuck did I like this? <laughs> oh no. It's like, this does not make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, I guess if we were ranking them, then yeah, this would. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um. I mean the the, you know, the tall man is iconic. the The metal balls are iconic. So you've got all that going on. It's been doing that. I would just leave it. Let's see. Okay. <clears throat> so I mean, you you've got all the you know the the phantasm imagery, is there. At the same time, the whole Phantasm story is really convoluted. Oh, it so is. And that's like, when I saw that we had to do this movie, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is this is going to be so hard to explain. Yeah. Like Case you were of, saying, like if someone has never seen a Phantasm movie and you're trying to explain the third one to them, at, at, of all things, yeah. trying to explain why planets are. <laughs> yeah. It's like by comparison, <clears throat> you know, the first Phantasm, it's just like there's a tall man um, and he raises the dead and then for whatever reason they chase people <laughs> simple but then you start expanding on that mythology and it just where you think you're explaining it more you're just making it let make less and less sense <laughs> yeah this is why we always say too much backstory is a bad thing yeah 
anyway but not not altogether terrible uh it's still entertaining effects are you know basic yeah but uh effective mm-hmm. and then you know the trademark ball to the head and then the blood just spurting out the back <laughs> like, bloop, bloop. <laughs> it's the sound it makes <laughs> so yeah i mean four all right That's why when you said like it's right in the middle, I was like, it's, it's close. <laughs> um, I mean, you don't get lost. You can follow it. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I I feel like, you know, for the most part, these movies really do depend on the... Oh, wait, this is three. Sorry, I meant two. Yeah, I feel like these movies really are not totally dependent you, where, you will, where you'll be completely lost, but <clears throat> they, they do lean heavily on the previous installments. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, so you know who the tall man is, or who he, you know who Reggie and Mike are. Right, you're just thrown into this. Yeah. You know, what's funny is this guy, the guy that played Mike in this, it was the same guy that played Mike in the first one, but not in the second one. Oh, really? Like a completely different guy played Mike in the second <laughs> one. And this guy just came back, and nobody seemed to notice. <laughs> but this, this guy actually did. He was Mike for... One, three, four, and five. So there's that. There it is. Um. So my rating, which I almost forgot to give. I'll probably say four two. I guess. It's a good. It's a good number. It's a good rating. It's good. It's good. <clears throat> All right. Do we move? Next one we got is a was it 2003, 2004. Four, I'm pretty 2004 sure. 2004 film by Ronnie Yu. This was uh this was chosen by Max Health. Yep. He had to redeem himself for picking that shitty skeleton key movie. <laughs> um but this is Freddy versus Jason. Okay, so Freddy vs. Jason is um, obviously the the f- finally uniting the two of the biggest horror icons in existence, um, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees, um, and and it, it was amazing that they could finally get this done mm-hmm. because they had been trying to do it since 1987. Wow. Yeah. Before they made New Blood, that was when the, they were first trying to do it because 
history was that um, New Line Cinema was a brand new thing. Only been around for a handful of years. Um, and at that time, they were the house that Freddie built. Um, Dream Warriors had just come out not long before it. Um, and so suddenly... We need to do Dream Warriors one of these days. We really do. Um, Freddy Krueger's popularity went through the roof. Um, and Paramount, it's like, hmm. You know, we've got this... How can we get in on that action? We, <laughs> it's like, they're like, well, we've got this dying franchise. Maybe we can inject a little life into it. They went after... Or they went to New Line and said, hey, we want to use your character in a Jason movie. Uh, if you license it to us, we'll give you international distribution rights. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, and so it didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, time went on. They released New Blood, which wasn't very well liked. They released Chase uh, Takes Manhattan, which was very not liked. Um, then Sean Cunningham bought back the rights to Jason B. Um, and basically, like I was saying earlier in the show, and Sean Cunningham could get all the money, all the, all the, all the money. money, give me the money. <laughs> um, so he was working with, uh, what was his name? Uh, something Del Duca or, ah, the, the former president of production of new line or not, uh, Del, Del Luca. That's what not Del Duca. <laughs> Del Duca is not a name. Um. Anyway, so he was working with him to try to get the movie made. Um, Michael DeLuca. Michael DeLuca. Okay. <clears throat> so in order to kind of kickstart Jason, in order to have like the, the, the pull to really draw in audiences with a Freddy versus Jason movie, they made Jason Goes to Hell, which was a mistake. Yeah. Because it was awful. But the goal was, was to send Jason to hell with Freddy and start the movie there. And that leads to the very last scene of Jason Goes to Hell, where Freddy's... Claw. Uh, claw. Or glove. Claw. Claw. It's a glove claw. <laughs> glove claw. My <laughs> <laughs> French. Um. Freddy's glove reaches up out of the ground and pulls Jason's mask in. That was supposed to obviously set up the Freddy vs. Jason movie. Well, shortly after that, Wes Craven came back to New Line and made New Nightmare, which just fucked everything up. So but it was so good. It was so good, but apparently it didn't do well. Like, it did not perform at the box office at all. That's sad. It is. Um... And again, it's probably based mostly on like the ones that preceded it. Probably. But I mean, you know, for the first movie's good, the third movie's good, and then New Nightmare's good. And that's pretty much it. Pretty all. much it, yeah. Um, anyway, so time went on. They made, like I said, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, and then they made um, uh, fucking Jason X. Um, which was not great, not terrible, but not great. Of course, a lot of people call it terrible. Polarizing, I would say. Yeah. But around that, so they made the movie in order just to keep Jason 
on people's minds. They didn't want the character to die. So they made a movie really just to keep Jason relevant. Then um, the, the, the uh, Michael, Michael DeLuca, he quit or was fired. And so that movie just got shelved. And the whole Freddy vs. Jason thing um, got shelved with it. So Jason X was on the shelf for two years before it finally got released. What, what was also getting released around that time was the new Freddy vs. Jason movie that they just shot. <laughs> um, so everything came out. Um, it went through a million different rewrites over the fucking almost 20 years that it was. Um, Is this all from that book on. I got you? Huh? Is this from that book I got you? Is that where you knew all this stuff? Or did you just know uh, this? I mean, there's a lot of it, a lot of this stuff in it, yeah. But um, this, yeah, a lot of stuff I already knew. Um, so just making sure you read it. <laughs> there were uh, a lot of um, scripts written, like, like I said, they've been working on this, in, um, but they didn't want to deal with the licensing from uh, from um, Dimension. Uh, and and so there were there were probably half a dozen different scripts for this movie, and this is the one that came through. Uh, actually written by Mark Swift and Damien Shannon, who wrote the remake. The remake. Um, which, That's the Friday the 13th remake. Yeah, which I, I didn't know that. I, I did not know they wrote this. Until, oh, really? Yeah. I knew that. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, anyway, so. I didn't know it at the time when it came out, but I've known that for a while. There you go. Okay, so into the movie. Um, um, go ahead. Just to intervene real quick. There was somebody posted a tweet the other day and it was like name a movie that never got a sequel that you wish had and shannon and swift who have a, a joint twitter posted friday the 13th <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll bet <laughs> they wrote one and it sounded amazing <laughs> um okay it was jason in the snow we all want jason in the snow but they just won't give it to us nope all i wanted was a pepsi <laughs> Okay, so Freddy versus Jason starts out <laughs> with a monologue by Freddy Krueger himself. Uh, he says, you know, times are tough. <laughs> it's hard out here for a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard being a monster when nobody remembers you. Um, basically, he's trapped in hell because he, he can't, he, he can't f- operate. Um, he can't prey upon children in their dreams because the town of Springwood has successfully wiped Freddy Krueger from everybody's memory through, um, through, you know, changing facts about cases, putting any kids that remembered Freddy in a mental asylum, um, Western Hills, which was featured in, uh, um, Nightmare Three, um, and Hypnosil, and Hypnosil, um, Timosil. <laughs> uh, There's no I in Timosil, <laughs> at least not where you'd think. <laughs> Timosil. <laughs> um. Okay. So. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And so Freddie says, you know, it's. You know, dying I can deal with, but he actually says, being forgotten, that's a real bitch. <laughs> and so he says, I finally found someone 
that can help them, that will make them remember me and you know bring the fear back into the hearts of these children. I love the way they did that. Oh yeah, there's like I, I don't think I could have come up with a better idea. I don't. I don't think many people could have. Yeah, I remember when this first was like being talked about, and it was like people were saying, "Oh, uh, Crystal Lake is actually in Ohio, and it's you know near Springwood." And I was like, "What? No, that's, nope. that's not a thing. Mm-mm. Crystal Lake's in New Jersey. Everybody knows that. New Jersey. I mean, that does provide a little bit of a logistic problem later in the movie, but we'll get into that. True. <laughs> um. Okay, so. <clears throat> Basically, Freddy's plan is to uh, awaken Jason from his slumber. His eternal slumber. I guess that's what he does in between movies. I don't know. Just <laughs> sleeps in the dirt. Sleeps it off. Um, so he he taps into Jason's subconscious. I don't know how that works. If he can't reach the kids, how can he get into Jason's <laughs> mind? So, but we'll set that aside. Suspension of disbelief. Um, he uh, appears to Jason as a woman doing an impression of Betsy Palmer, doing an impression of Pamela Voorhees. <laughs> uh, it is not Betsy Palmer. She wanted to be in this movie, um, but I think there was a scheduling conflict and she just couldn't do it. Um, so they found a woman who looks nothing like her. Yeah. Put her in a turtleneck sweater and called it good. Basically went, hey, you're old and white. <laughs> good enough. Yeah. Um, and she says, uh, my Jason, my special, special boy, I've got something I need you to do. I need you to go to, to Elm. She just says Elm Street. Doesn't say Springwood, Ohio. It's like, can I have at least have a zip code or something? <laughs> um. But uh, I need you to go to Elm Street because um, the, the children the children are very, very naughty. naughty on on Elm Street, um, and so Jason goes across his and the the or goes amazing line of make them remember what fear tastes like. Yeah, oh, so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jason goes on his trek from New Jersey to, to Ohio. Ohio, and I've like I looked. Where, because later on there's a party in a cornfield. I looked where most, like where cornfields typically are in Ohio. It's on the western side of the state. You did some fucking research on this. Yeah. Well, it's because like when I think Ohio, I don't think cornfields. So I'm like, that's there, true. Are there actually Nebraska? Corn, yeah. I'm like, are there actually cornfields in Ohio? And I guess there are. Um. Anyway, a lot of people say a lot of things about Ohio. <laughs> So, um, they so Jason walks to Ohio. Walks to Ohio, presumably unnoticed. Maybe he hitchhikes. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's kind of glossed over. Michael Myers hitchhiked. Why couldn't Jason? Michael Myers drove a car. It's true. <laughs> you imagine you're driving, you just look over. And just, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is like I wearing a William Shatner mask? Um. Okay, so he gets to Ohio, and uh, <clears throat> there we go to a very familiar house on a very familiar street. Uh, it is fourteen twenty eight Elm Street, and inside uh, there's a Destiny's Child concert going on. <laughs> yep, except two of them are now white. <laughs> One of them is Catherine Isabel. 
The other one is Monica Kina. America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Monica Kina and her giant rack. Her giant fake rack. <laughs> oh my God. If I like so many blatantly fake boobs in this movie. <laughs> yeah. The girl at the beginning, Monica Kina and uh, Catherine Isbell's. Well, she might have fake boobs too. I don't know. But her body double. Mm. Um, so many fake boobs just all over the place. The ones at the beginning are really bad. Yeah. That's uh, one of the hookers from Saving Silverman. No. Yeah. Like, I know that I've seen that girl in something else. And so I looked her up and that, yeah, that was it. Uh, <laughs> fun facts. <laughs> so um, inside, yeah. Um, oh, I'm totally sp- Lori, um, Kia, and Gib. Gib? Gib. G-I-double-B. That was Catherine Isabel's character? Yep. Why do I not remember that? I don't know. I don't know. I I figure it's short for something, but I don't know what. Gibraltar? Gibraltar. (laughs) That's a good strong name for a child. (laughs) Especially a girl. (laughs) May your child be a masculine one. (laughs) Oh... What the fuck? Silent Bob! <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. Anyways, go. <laughs> Get back to the thing. Yeah, because so, um, Mark Aquina, um, the girl from Destiny's Child, and Catherine Isbell. You just said their names. <laughs> but they don't know. I didn't say who they were. Oh. They're having a, a little party in, in Lori's house or Mark Aquina's they're house. They're talking about would you fuck Scooby Doo? Right. Yeah, they're um, murder fucking Mary with the with um three stooges and and scooby doo yeah it was fred shaggy and scooby right <laughs> you can't you can't throw a dog in there that's a wild card yeah i mean you, I, you, you, you gotta kill the dog right i mean i guess because i'm not gonna fuck it <laughs> or marry it they won't allow that i don't think they do <laughs> not in washington anymore you're welcome <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Hand. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, and that's when uh, Gibbs' boyfriend, or no, sorry, we see Jason outside the house <clears throat> stalking the kids, um, and Gibb flicks a cigarette butt in his face, which has just got to set him off. Have you ever gotten cigarette ash in your face? Nope. It's not nice. I wouldn't think so, <laughs> but if you're wearing a hockey mask, it's not really. But then it gets inside the mask. It's got so many little holes. And then you just burn yourself. It's hard to smoke from a... Like, like one time I put a... Uh, it was one of the Halloweens I was Jason. I put a cigarette in the mask and I was just smoking from it. It got really extreme. <laughs> I bet. Because it was just... This is like, a terrible idea. Why would you do that? Because I didn't want to keep pulling up the mask to smoke. <laughs> Idiot. Anyway. Um, that's when Gibbs' boyfriend... Um, shit, what was his name? Trey. Trey. Right, uh, Trey and Blake. Blake, Blake vapes. <laughs> New flavor. New flavor. It's lit, fam. Did I, did I send you his music video? No. Oh, I gotta send that to you. Okay. Where's your vape at? <laughs> it's right. in my fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> 
Christ. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We gotta focus. <laughs> so, um, Trey and Blake come in. Blake is hitting on uh, Lori, and Kia is really trying to make that happen because Lori's hung up on her boyfriend from when she was like fourteen years old, um, and then he just up and disappeared. They did like he just disappeared. Um, nobody told her where he went, and it seems like because Kia is kind of a bitch. Um, because like her- just, ask, just ask wisdom, <laughs> right? Um, because yeah, uh, Will just disappears out of nowhere. Um, because he he's one of the ones that remember uh, that witnessed Freddy Krueger. And so he's carted off to Western Hills, never to be heard from again. Uh, and nobody tells Lori anything. No. Nope. So she just thinks he just up and disappeared. But Kia's trying to tell him. They're like, oh, he went to a farm. <laughs> but Kia's just saying, he just he just left you. And you were like 14. So just get over it. It's like, but I don't know where it's he like went. Blake's dick is right here. <laughs> um, but Blake is just a total... Uh, Blake. It's <laughs> just a total Blake. Um, and uh, it's just not happening. Jason comes in um, after Trey and Gib fuck. Um, and one of the one of the coolest. You know how kill- like we touched after? <laughs> yeah. And folds Trey in half. Like a fucking taco. Backwards. So cool. Um. And then the blood starts running under the bathroom door and Gib sees it and there's a big panic. Luckily, fucking Barney Fife is driving by um, at just the right moment. And when they run outside uh, and then they're brought into the station. And this is when the the police are starting to whisper about Freddy Krueger. It's like it's even in the same house. You know, like it must be him. It's you know, it's uh, you know, murdered kids and uh, on Elm Street. It's even the same house. Blah 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 blah. And you know, the kids are overhearing this, and so they're starting to pick up on these things that the adults were trying to get them to forget. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the, basically the whole thing goes on where the police are trying to cover everything up. Lori's dad is a is a psychologist who um, works at Weston Hills. He's been actively trying to um, prevent Lori from finding out about Freddie. Um, Will and Mark are two kids from Springwood that have been moved to Weston Hills, like I said, because they have memories of Freddie. Um, but they don't know it. They don't know why they they're there. Um, because they're hopped up on hypnosil, right? I mean, there there's there's apparently them and a few other kids from their neighborhood that are there, but they don't know why they were brought there. Um, but it's actually because they know about Freddie and they have to be contained. They break out because they see that there was a murder in Lori's house and Will. Oh. Will's Lori's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and so Will says, I have to get out of here. I have to go see if she's okay. Yeah, because he sees her house on the news. Right. Um, so they, they break out of Weston Hills. They go back to Springwood, um, and they find Lori and her friends at school. Um, and then Mark just hams it up. <laughs> um, 
No, I think this is later. Okay, keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> he has the, the classic line when he says, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. You know why they sing that? Because that's when he comes for you. Yeah. Oh, is that why? <laughs> oh, I get it. It makes so much more sense now. Uh, anyway, so um, Lori knows that Will's back. <clears throat> um, Will and Mark go hide at his house. Um, and apparently Mark's, this is when you kind of find out that Mark's brother was actually killed by Freddy. Um, and Mark's brother, Scott. Scott Farkas, fan of the Gravefly podcast. <laughs> Zach Ward. Um, and um, yeah, so, okay. I was going to talk about when, when Blake gets killed. Right. Because he's just sitting there talking to himself. Yeah. He's just, he's just like, don't worry, Trey. I'm going to find out who did this and I'm going to get him yeah, while he's he, drinking out of a flask. <laughs> you know, he's he's like swearing <laughs> vengeance for his fallen comrade, but it's like, was Trey even that really good of a friend? Yeah, probably not. He wasn't a good person. <laughs> yeah, he's probably kind of an asshole. Probably didn't really like you that much. But just the guy's acting is so just like... Oh, it's so bad. Some cop let it slip. Yeah. Some guy named Freddy Krueger. Like, I'm going to get him. Like, I'm going to just... Trey, just in case you're listening, I'm going <laughs> to fill you in on all the details. <laughs> I'm going to monologue here for a second. Um, And that's when Freddy appears to him because... You know, I mean, Blake's been drinking, kind of nods off, and Freddie discovers that while the fear is starting to come back, he can start, he can reach the children now. Um, he's just, he doesn't have quite enough strength because he tries to kill Blake and doesn't really do anything. So he decides that he's <clears throat> not strong enough yet. Yeah. And that's another thing. There's a lot of monologuing, a lot of spoon feeding exposition. Shit. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, all right, that's, that's all right. I'll just let Jason have a little fun for now. And, so Blake wakes up, sees his dad sitting next to him, and then his dad's head falls off. <laughs> dad's been depacitated. Uh, and then Jason kills him. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's where we go back to school, back at the high school, and they find out that not only is Trey dead, but Blake is dead as well. Um, and that's when fucking Silent Bob, or not Silent Bob, but <laughs> Jay, Played by Tyler Labine's brother. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I totally see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I forget his name. Kyle. Kyle. Um, and some some big fat dude. I don't remember his name. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he gets killed real quick, so. So they're having a big uh, party out in a court. Hi, Jethro. <laughs> oh, hi, Jethro. <laughs> Why don't you go f- find yourself a, a nice pig to fuck? <laughs> Why would you say that to a seven foot tall guy in a hockey mask? <laughs> because you're fucked up on Ever- Everclear, bro. Oh, yeah. His Everclear is kicking my ass. <laughs> Nobody drinks straight Everclear. No. You will die. You'll <laughs> die. You'll fucking go blind and die. <laughs> um. So, but, okay, so they're having a big uh, rave party thing out in out in a random ass cornfield i'm sure the farmer's real happy about that um and that's when the gang kind of reunites um and gib is just drunk off her ass and she kind of passes out in the cornfield 
But she thinks she's awake, and that's when Freddy makes his move, appearing as Trey, um, being the typical dick that he is. Just like, oh, with his head turned all the way around. <laughs> yeah. So he um, tells Gib to follow him. and Gib! Yeah. Don't make me say it again, okay? Uh, follows him into a barn house, and that's when Freddy reveals himself. Uh, and he's chasing after her, and she hides in a locker. Meanwhile, in the real world, some raver dude. It's about to rape her. He's just, yeah, he's just getting all up in them guts. But what makes it worse, uh, I mean, is if that wasn't bad enough, he's covered in glow sticks. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> Everything about him sucks. He's all like, oh, God. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so basically, and Freddy's, Freddy's badass fucking scene of Jason walking through the cornfield on fire. Yeah, well, so Jason is, um, or sorry, Freddy's chasing down Gib in her dreams, um, and he's just about to kill her, and that's when Jason, in back in the real world, finds her first. He shoves a pole through, through the raver, dude. Through the raver through Gib and then just throws him like 200 feet in the air <laughs> so far um and so Gib's dead and the guy's like um and that so I think that's when Freddy kind of realizes that he's got a bit of a problem child in his hands that he may have uh created a monster created a monster Awoke the sleeping giant, et cetera, et cetera. For real. <laughs> um, so, he's all pissed off back in the dream world, but back in the real world, um, Jason is, uh, yeah, he comes upon the two dudes drinking Everclear and smoking pot, and that's when the guy gives him shit, and so he snaps like some guy or the, the other guy with the fat guy that was hiding out, handing out flyers earlier you know the guy from earlier <laughs> what a, i gotta i gotta stop so he, he snaps one dude one dude's neck like twists his head like completely around and that's when this other dude douses him with everclear and lights him on fire um but that doesn't stop jason he's been lit on fire before i think Probably. Anyway, so the, yeah, that like you said, that leads to one of like the most awesome <clears throat> scenes ever: flaming Jason lighting a cornfield on fire as he walks through it. Yeah, with a flaming machete. Yeah, he's like slashing people with this machete that's on fire. Right, it's apocalyptic. <laughs> um, and so that's when the whole rave just like explodes. Like people start taking off. Meanwhile, they're all getting slaughtered by Jason. Um, and they go back to Mark's house, or uh, Lori and Kia and um, ne- not Niederman, uh, Linderman. Linderman. Um, Linderman, who is this guy who's just in love with Lori. Um, bit of a nerd. Bit of a nerd. Um, Nerds! God, what else has he been in? Fear Inc. <laughs> yeah, Fear Inc. <laughs> sure. Um, Whatever. Anyway, so they go back to Mark's house and they try to devise a plan. They realize that's when Barney Fife, 
I don't know his real name, um, but he's this out-of-town sheriff deputy who's just recently moved to Springwood. Um, so he's not really attuned to the whole secrecy vibe of Freddy Krueger. So he kind of addresses what's going on with Freddy, and everybody's like, this is when they devise the genius plan that's like, oh, well, Jason drowned, Freddy died in a fire, how can we use that? It's like, brilliant, Laurie. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. These two undead guys are going to have any fears whatsoever. Yeah. Good. But they do. Yeah. Again, suspension of disbelief. Whatever. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I think of the two, Jason would probably be more more likely to be afraid of water. Yeah. Um, than Freddie would be of fire. Just because he's deficient. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, though, when they first show up in the real world and they're in the cabin that's on fire... The look on Robert England's face is fucking priceless. Yeah. It's just like that like shock and realization at the same time. Just, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> um that's I England earns his money with that one face alone. <laughs> so um Yeah, they devise plan to go back to Weston Hills to get all the hypnosil so they can stop dreaming. So they can at least try to come up with a plan to stop Jason and not have to deal with Freddie right now. <laughs> um, so Jason somehow knows that they're going to Weston Hills. Um, and of course, Freddie intercepts them in their dreams because um, God, what's the silent, what's the J guy name again? Uh, Bill. Freeberg. Freeberg. Right. Yeah, so I keep calling him Jay because he's a blatant ripoff of Jay from Jane Silent Bob. He's a Jason Muse clone. Yeah. Like, like even down to the way he dresses. Right. Anyway, so um he's getting ripped while they're looking for drugs. Like because he couldn't just take a break for twenty minutes. <laughs> um and Freddie shows up as this fucking caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Right. Um he possesses Freeberg and that uh, and makes him dump out all the hypnosil. Meanwhile, Jason's arrived. He's chasing down the uh, the rest of the gang, the <laughs> Scooby gang. Um, kills the sheriff deputy. Um, so he was like useless. Like they made a point to establish him as a character, and he like died right away. Wasn't he also a deputy in Scary Movie? I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um, so, yeah, they're all trying to get away from Jason, and Freeberg is dumped out of the hypnosil, but he's also filled up these two giant syringes with just a shitload of tranquilizer. So Jason comes up, and just as about just as he's about to attack Freeberg slash Freddy. Stabs him in the neck with both syringes and knocks him the fuck out to take him to the dream world on Freddy's turf. Um, and that's this is like the greatest thing about this movie is that they managed to get both guys, both um, icons in each one's territory. Their home turf, yeah. Um, you know, it's like you think, how are you going to get Jason in the dream world? 
How, how are you going to do that? And it's like, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, how are you going to get Freddy out in the real world? But, you know, that's happened several times yeah. in the movies. But it's, but they, they managed to even do it at Crystal Lake. Um, why they went, like, why did they go to Crystal Lake? I didn't, that didn't track for me. Uh, because, well, Lori says something about at least Jason will have home field advantage because they want Jason to win because they, since Jason's a real person, they think that he would be easier to defeat. Well, sure. But why Crystal Lake? Like, why not just any lake? Or why not just anywhere? Just get Freddy out in the real world and let Jason do his thing. Uh, home, again, home field advantage, I guess. I, I think it was just fan service. Uh, I'm sure, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it served any genuine purpose <clears throat> in the plot. Anyway, so Jason's knocked out. He's in the dream world, and he's fighting Freddy in this giant boiler room, room warehouse. Um, and this is when, uh, I don't know, a pipe gets knocked open. Why there's flowing water in a dream world, I don't know. But <clears throat> So he knocks open a pipe, and this is when Freddy discovers that Jason is afraid of water. And so that's when he just... He like something clicks in his head and he just unleashes this raining water on Jason and Jason kind of shrivels up into a small weeping child. And um, yeah, so they're, they're trying to get and here's where the logistics problem comes in to play. They're trying to get Jason from Springwood to Crystal Lake. Can you pull up like just. Say the place where I saw cornfields was Dublin, Ohio. So search Dublin, Ohio to Crystal Lake, New Jersey. Uh, it's an eight-hour and thirty-six-minute drive. Okay, so we have to presume that because it was already dark, that it was at least five o'clock. Right. And they drove from Springwood. All the way to New Jersey before the morning. Before the sun came up. Yep. Um, rubbish. <laughs> but doesn't matter. <clears throat> In that bitchin' van, though. <laughs> this is so cool. Like a fucking topless Viking, Viking woman. woman or whatever else she is. Uh, okay. So they go to um, Crystal Lake uh, and... In order to try and help Jason because they think he might be in trouble uh, inside the dream, they put Laurie under. And, you know, we've ex- in the previous Nightmare movies, there's been an exploration of sharing dreams. But in the past, it's always been somebody who had that ability to pull somebody into their dreams. It's never just, oh, well, we're both sleeping at the same time, so we're sharing the same <laughs> we're dream. We're sleeping next to each other, yeah. so therefore... And I think that part got kind of glazed over. Like, I think it could have been really easy to have Lori have that ability or something. Yeah. Um, but no, whatever. <laughs> so they get to Crystal Lake. Um, they crash the van just when they're about to get there. Um, what was it? Freddie appeared in the road. Will was dozing off. Uh, I thought it was her dad. Her dad? Her doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They crashed the van. Something appeared in the road. And so they walked the rest of the way to Crystal Lake. Um, and inside the dream, Lori tries to rescue Jason. Um, 
and that pisses Freddy off. So he's, she's he's going to attack Laurie, and just as he she's about he's about to like cut into her. Um, there's a fire lit in one of the cabins at the camp, uh, and Laurie's arm falls into it, wakes her up, and she pulls Freddy back into the real real world. Now this is where just a really badass battle happens. Yeah, uh, I mean. <clears throat> First, first of all, Lori ruins it with a, like one of the worst lines in the movie. He's like, Freddy versus Jason, place your bets. <laughs> it's like, why? Why did you have to go and do that? That's pretty bad. Um, so, but yeah, like, it's like when you, when you saw like, uh, like movie, st- uh, uh, like production stills or the trailer, this is like the iconic scene of burning room and Freddy versus Jason or Freddy and Jason just facing off against each other. It's yep. just like awesome. I love like, the, this the, is what I've waited for. The different fights are like tonally similar to the respective franchises. Like the fight in the boiler room is just bonkers. It's very like Freddy's dead mm-hmm. when he's like ping ponging him yeah. off all the stuff. And it's literally like bing, 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 bing. And it's just goofy and weird and very Freddy. Yeah. But then this fight is very more like straightforward and there's, you know, it's it's a little action adventure kung fu style. Yeah, because but, Freddy apparently <clears throat> knows karate. Sure, <laughs> but it's it's more stylistically similar to the Friday the Thirteenth series. Yeah, I just love that that aspect of it. Yeah, like there's little nuances about that or about this movie like that that make you wonder if it was on purpose or just kind of an accident. Because I mean that's so subtle, and it's like unless you're like a big fan of both franchises, you probably wouldn't even notice. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so yeah, they're fighting and they take it basically all over the grounds. Um, Camp Crystal Lake has, has been bought there. Did you catch what that sign said? Like they're building something, no. like a golf course or a country club or something. Um, there's big, like, you know, big, uh, a bunch of construction equipment all around, um, so they start utilizing that, you know, Freddie somehow manages to get the upper hand, uh, whether or not because he's, he's faster or, or what. Um, but he doesn't have his dream powers, obviously. So he has to rely strictly on his ability to be faster and, and, um, more crafty than Jason. Cause Jason's just a brawler. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's. The only people left are Will, Lori, Linderman, and um, Kia. Uh, Linderman gets thrown against like a like a shelf bracket. Yeah, and then he bleeds out, and just dies. Then Kia, after um, using a um, homophobic slur, yeah, an, an offensive word, which was not in the script. No, it wasn't. I just read the script today, looking ex- particularly for that because I remember. Shannon and, and uh, was it Swift? Swift, yeah. Um, I think it might have been on the Movie Crypt podcast, and they were talking <laughs> about like they didn't know that was in there until they saw the movie, and they were like, "Whoa, why is that there?" Yeah, I think like when I saw this for the first time, so you know, two thousand four, two thousand five, whenever I first saw it, um, I don't think it really registered with me. Maybe because just the social climate was different back then. 
it like people weren't as up in arms about that. But now looking like watching it again, it's just like it's so cringeworthy, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, and you know she she's just raking on uh, Freddie, basically calling him a pussy because he's got like uh, butter knives, butter knives on his on his hand, and a Christmas sweater. Yeah, and then she insinuates that she wants Jason's big dick. Um, yep, she does. And then Jason is behind her, and he gives her, it to her. Yeah, he hits her so hard with his machete that she goes flying, probably about twenty feet into a tree, <laughs> and then she did. Um, so there's Will and Lori left, but they can't. You know, Freddie and Jason can't be bothered because they're fighting each other. <laughs> We're fighting. <laughs> Go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, the fight scene itself is pretty cool. Well choreographed, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if not a little corny. Yeah. Like I said, for a horror movie, it's very, you know, action adventure, kung fu movie kind of. I just don't really picture Freddy Krueger doing high kicks, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it's like, what else can you really do in a movie like this? Yeah. Um, And uh, it all boils down to uh, them literally ripping each other apart. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love Jason cuts off Freddy's arm, and Freddy picks it up and stabs Jason with it. No, no, no. No, no somebody else stabs Jason Freddy with it. Freddy cuts off Jason's fingers. Right. And he drops the machete. Freddy picks up the machete, and as he's doing that, Jason rips off his arm. Rips off his arm, right. <laughs> Just bare hand rips it off. Um, then he takes his stump hand... <laughs> And shoves it into um, Freddy's visceral cavity. <laughs> um, and that's when Freddy takes the machete and just kind of slowly slides so it slow. into Jason's chest. And that's kind of when Jason just... Well, actually, they both fall into the water, right? Um, and so... Lori and Will are just trying to kind of recover. It's like, oh, it's finally over. They're both dead. And then up the pier comes, uh, like, you don't know who it is, actually, at first, because it's just black pants and black boots, which they're both wearing, and a machete. So you assume it's Jason, Then you find out it's actually Freddy, and he's ready to just slice him in half. And that's when his chest explodes with his own arm. Yeah. <laughs> And then he falls into the water. Then Jason falls into the water, and everybody's dead. And blah 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 blah. blah. And Will and Lori just go. <laughs> then the stinger. It's morning at Crystal Lake. Jason rises from the water, which he was terrified of earlier. Remember? Yeah. Calmly rises from the water, um, carrying Freddy's head. Um, and then Freddy's head winks at you dun 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 yeah that's uh, wait that's x-files and yeah, you're kind of like combining things okay so that's the movie that is the movie what do you think i love it 
Yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody says. No, people talk so much shit about this movie, and I don't get it at all. The thing is, it's like, like the exact same thing that happened with the Friday the 13th remake, that it's like people would complain about things, and you'd be like, have you ever seen a Friday the 13th or a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Right? And you know what? Fuck all of you, because this is fucking Jason and Freddy on screen together. What does it matter what the story <laughs> is? The story could be like nothing like they could just have met on the street and start kicking each other's ass i wouldn't care because it's fucking freddie and jason fighting um, place your bets <laughs> um yeah yeah oh yeah Lori Lori decapitates freddie i forgot about that um and right before she's doing about to do it with jason's machete she says, welcome to my world, bitch. bitch. It's like, you're screwing that up. <laughs> you're bad at this. <laughs> Don't cheapen this. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the acting is bad. There's a lot of loopholes mm-hmm. um, or uh, plot holes. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like a 10 for 10 movie. Oh, hell no. Far from it, but it's incredible. It's great. I love this. It's so movie. much fun. And I honestly, when I first saw this, and then I heard how many people fucking hated it, I was blown away. I could not understand why anybody hated this movie. See, I heard all the reviews first, and I, there were people who were like, "Oh, it's so bad, and it's so cheesy and dumb." And I'm like, "Oh, that's disappointing." And then I watched it, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is awesome!" <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking get it. But um, like I said, people were like, oh, it's cheesy. And there's like cheesy one-liners and stuff. And I'm like, that's what Freddie does. <laughs> Freddie does cheesy one-liners. Yeah. Um, I think I'll, I'll, a big point of contention, something that set a, upset a lot of people, was that they didn't bring back Kane Hodder to play Jason. Um, uh, a man named Ken Kersinger played him. There's a lot of different reasons floating around. Um, apparently... Kane Hodder was given the script, and I think it was New Line's intention to give him the role. But then Ronnie Yu decided he wanted to go a different direction. There's apparently, um, he wanted somebody who was more lumbering um, and less aggressive, more deliberate, as, as he called it. Um, and he thought that Kane Hodder's Jason was a little too... Um, intense i guess hmm. um i all. can see that because there's times when you want jason to be sympathetic yeah and kane hodders was just like smash mouth yeah yeah i mean J- jason in this one was definitely more of a just a a lumbering beast yeah than he had been in past movies um probably more than any other movie i think um and yeah, it was it was definitely a different take on Jason, and I love it. I mean, I loved Kane Hodder, mm-hmm. but this Jason was awesome. Yeah, I think he was great, especially the look. Like this is my favorite Jason look. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I I just I don't have a lot of complaints for it or of it. I loved Zach Ward in this too. Like he's creepy as fuck. <laughs> He's only in it for like five minutes. I know, but still, he's so good in that five minutes. <laughs> when he's like, when his voice starts changing into Freddie's voice, that is creepy. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm seeing little trivia bits here. Get this. 
Uh, a then unknown Evangeline Lilly was a brief walk-on role as a high school student. Really? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, New Line Cinema Studio Chief Robert Shea, uh, who served as producer on every preceding Nightmare on Elm Street, appears as the school principal. Mm-hmm. And professional wrestler Rey Mysterio Jr. briefly served as Robert England's stunt double for a sequence set in the boiler room. Interesting. Rey Mysterio Jr., who is like 5'3 <laughs> and like... 200 pounds yeah that's weird like that's an extreme difference especially when you got somebody like ken kersinger was six five and robert england's five nine so i mean there's already like mysterio's not a skinny guy no um there were parts like when like when freddie was doing his high kicks to jason's face like i could tell it wasn't robert england like the stature was all wrong and um uh yeah, this is the last movie of both original canons. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is fine at this point. Like I wouldn't want them to go back. Not at this point, no. Yeah, there's there's just too much damage been done. Yeah. It's too far gone. Um so I think this is a good way to end both. I agree. Uh neither one seemed to have won. Um I really wish they would have made Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I oh, wanted, yeah. I wanted that so hard. Comics are good. They're a good substitute, but it's just not the same. Yeah. I wanted to see Bruce. Of course. Um, okay. So I guess I don't want to ramble anymore. All right. So what you got? <laughs> um... You know what? Fuck the haters. I'm giving it an eight. I don't give a shit. It's a good movie. I love it. I, I I love it every time I watch it. Man, you know, my first instinct was to say eight, and I was like, I don't know. Eight might be too high. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Go with my gut. Do an eight. There you go. <laughs> I still really want a drunken cinema this, too, though. That'd be good. I was kind of disappointed when I saw that it was picked, because I'm like, ah... We're going to do a drunken cinema to that. Yeah. I mean, we still could. Yeah. We did it with trick or treat. Trick or treat. Anyway. All right. So that's the end of the show, guys. We've made it. Sorry. It was a struggle, at least for me. <laughs> I don't know. These late night things, it gets harder and harder for me. <laughs> uh, especially when I fucking woke up early this morning. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> we'll be back in less than two weeks. Less than two weeks, yeah. Um, on the twentieth, is it? I think so. Yeah, um, it's gonna be our special Christmas episode. Hey, Merry Christmas! Uh, what are we gonna be watching, Taylor? We're gonna be watching Better Watch Out and a Christmas Horror Story. Yeah, I already know I'm a fan of a Christmas Horror Story. I'm yeah, hoping, I watched it last year. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm a fan of it, uh, or I'm hoping I'm a fan of Better Watch Out because it looks like it might be good. Did you know Putty is in it? Yeah. I just realized, I just, or I saw a, uh, like a TV spot the other day and I saw him and I was like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. All signs point to yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Got to support the team. Okay. So back again on the 20th, guys. Um, episode 99 99 we're getting so close so close I'm not doing that joke again no I wasn't going to do it <laughs> until then uh, make sure you subscribe to the show 
on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And of course, check out our website, graveplotpodcast.com. Yeah. And patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast if you can and would like to support the show monetarily. Get yourself some exclusive perks. Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. Holla at you boys. <laughs> um, I kind of want to come up with a contest. Oh? Yeah. Because I mean, we did one last year. It's true. I want to do one again. Okay. But I'm not sure what. Well, we can talk about it. All right. We'll come up with something, guys. Uh, pay attention to our social networks because that's likely where we'll announce it. Um, and just uh, yeah, keep an eye out. I mean, maybe we won't, but we're going to try and something. Okay, <laughs> so until next time, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Don't you